When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me see you put your hands up now. 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 Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Bears are absolutely one of the worst teams in football. It starts with me, and it ends with me. I accept complete responsibility for that. Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer Marshall Falk. Broadcasting legend Al Michaels. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Plus, your phone calls and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Here on this busy Wednesday, we chatted with Al Michaels. It's the 18th anniversary of the night that he and John Madden called a Monday night football game in which Brett Favre lit up the um, Oakland Raiders uh, in the wake of his father's passing. That was one of the most remarkable Monday night moments in the history of that series, even to date. And uh, I remember uh, all of us at NFL Network, we were one month, we were six weeks old when that happened. It was one of the first big stories um, and games and moments that we covered. And then came the rest of Green Bay's playoff season where they uh, won the division, hosted the Seahawks. That was the overtime game that uh, Hasselbeck famously said, we want the ball, we're going to score on the coin toss when they won it in overtime. And then Al Harris picked sixth, the uh, um, the... Packers into Philadelphia, where they were all set to head to the NFC Championship game against Carolina. And um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Donovan McNam, uh, somehow found Freddie Mitchell on a fourth and 26, and then far through an interception of future Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins, and uh, the Eagles moved on. Unbelievable. What a, what a year that was in 2003. Yeah, baby. Joining us here now on the Rich Eisen Show uh, is the uh, – Insider of the National Football League for Sports Illustrated and the author of the MMQB, Albert Breer, here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Albert? I'm good. I didn't think we'd have some Freddie Mitchell talk on here, FredX, right? right? Or the like, I, I, uh, I, I don't know if you guys, if you guys remember this, but after that game, after that fourth and twenty-six, I think he showed up to the press conference wearing like an Indiana Jones hat. And then immediately got up there and sank his hand. That's right. Brockman mentioned that before. Brockman talked about that exactly before, Albert. I'd like to thank my hands for being so great today, Albert. That was a a fantastic moment um, of that era. Didn't Bill clown him after the Super Bowl or something, too? Something, yeah. Yeah, Bill did something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe it was in the press conference. 
Yeah. He said something like, I, I can't remember what it was, but there was definitely something there. I'll find it, tweet it to you. So what do you mean Bill clowned him? Bill was Belichick Bill clowns people? I, yeah. Hold on a second. Like, like, I, don't, I think maybe after the Super Bowl, somehow he found a way to spike it in, in Freddie's face. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but there was definitely something there. What was Bill's beef? Oh, do you mean the next year after they beat the Eagles? The next year? I mean, what would be his beef You know, after the yeah, Super Bowl? Yeah, Bill get- said after the Super Bowl, all he does is talk. He's terrible, and you can print that. I was happy when he was in the game. Wow. <laughs> Who do you say that to, Brockman? I don't know. Um, really? He don't said know. that in 2000 after beating the Eagles in Jacksonville the next year? That. I remember that. Yeah. I, like, I, I, was that, that, that couldn't have been at a press conference, though, right? No, I, I, don't, no I don't think so. No. It's about okay. to say, could, could you imagine if Bill said something like that today, you know, on a Zoom oh or, or on camera or something like that? I was happy he was in the game. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be There'd be smoke coming out of all of our phones if that Oh, happened. I got to be incredible. How about him apologizing yeah. this week, Albert? You, you've you been in the business yeah, end of many. I don't know where my apologies are, like, for all the years. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's You're, what I was wondering. You want him retroactively? Is that what you say? Even you... <laughs> I mean, we can – I'm open to discussing things. I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy over here. We can, we can talk about some things if he wants to. Wow. I love it. Albert Breer here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so um, J.C. Treader, the uh, center of the Cleveland Browns, who also happens to be the president of the NFL Players Association, said that um, the reason why games were postponed is because the union made sure they were because the league wanted to cancel them over the weekend and thus not pay players. Um, what, what's, what's up with that? What do you got for me on that? It was really tricky, Rich. I mean, I, I know, um, you know, by the letter of the, the law and the way these things were sort of spelled out in the summer, um, you know, the league had a right to cancel the games. If they cancel the games or move the games or cause any sort of forfeit, then the players on both teams, um, both, both the teams would be, uh, would be not paid. And there was talk about whether or not there were, you know, protocol violations and that sort of stuff. And, would this be a forfeit? Like, like, would it be if we move it to Tuesday? Like, what sort of effect would that have? And, you know, I think the minute that the players sort of got it on their radar, they're like, wait a second, like, they're going to try not to pay us? Then it was, we need to find a way to have these, to get these games played. You know, come hell or high water, we got to find a way to make sure everybody's out there and accounted for and everybody's getting paid. And that's sort of where they started working together towards you know, finding a solution. And, you know, obviously it wasn't ideal. And, I mean, if you look at it, there still were a lot of guys out, you know, on Monday night or Monday afternoon and then last night, of course. Um, but I, I know, you know, once this thing sort of shook out on, on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, the priority for the union became let's make sure all of our guys get paid, um, which, you know, I think is sort of what kicked everything into overdrive as far as, trying to find a spot for the games to be played where it wouldn't be, I guess, overly disruptive to the season. Huh. So um, when it comes down to it, the league was w- willing to what? Like give give the Browns the loss on the spot and that the, eventually they did get? Or, or It's interesting. Like Washington and the Rams are the only team that actually won the game that got delayed, you know? And it right. was, 
uh, of all the teams that whose COVID problems caused the delay or brought about the delay, right? right. So yeah, Washington loses, Cleveland loses, and yeah, I mean the the, the, the Rams are the one team that had the issue um, that wound up winning the game. And I mean, I, I you know, I, again, like I think like so much of this was like where are they digging around? What's the league looking for? And what's going to be best for all the players involved? And I I, I think you know. Let me put it this way, Rich. If you want to look for, for protocol violations, you can probably find some, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you wanted to, like, go through the tapes and you wanted to go through everything, like, you could probably find something. And I I think, like, a big thing for the union became, like, if one or two guys slipped up and then, you know, the league wants to point to that one or two thing, those one or two things and say, we're canceling the game, this team's forfeiting, and nobody's getting paid. I think the union didn't want to allow the league the leeway to do something like that, you know? And I think both me and you, I mean, me and you were on the air, whatever it was, 10 years ago now, yeah. talking about how at odds these sides have been. Um, the trust there, you know, I you know, I, 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 think it was in a good place last year because everybody was sort of working towards the same conclusion. I, I don't know that it's in the same place it was before because I do think that there was even – you know, on a global, from a global standpoint, there's disagreement. You know what I mean? Like on, well, the union wants, you know, daily testing. The league wants to get rid of testing um, for, for vaccinated guys. There was just, I think there were some disagreements that led up to this that led to, you know, maybe they're not fully trusting that the league was on the level. And so, you know, at that point, I think for the union, the priority becomes making sure that every player winds up coming out of the weekend with a paycheck. MMQB's Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. So last spring and summer, well, more spring maybe than summer, when the issue of Russell Wilson's future in Seattle was front and center, and he yeah. wound up staying put. But the, the I think the general consensus amongst everyone, um, certainly observers, is that this season would have a lot to, to do with whether Russell stays put or wants to force his way out. And if you had told anybody back in the spring that the longest regular season ever uh, unfolding with Seattle clinching Russell's first losing season in Seattle with three games left to play, we would have said, that. well, that's that. What about now that that reality has hit? What do you think? Oh, I, I think, you know, and I, I was one of the people last year who said the right thing for Seattle to do is to ride this thing out because they've got a win-now team with a 70-year-old coach, um, you know, and some core players that are aging. Ride this thing out and get Russell Wilson on the team and, 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 and compete like hell to try to win a championship in 2021 and figure out where you are after that. I'm not in that place anymore. I mean, I, I, I think – you know, like this is sort of feels like it's coming to its conclusion, and then maybe the best thing for everybody involved is a clean break. And I and I can tell you, Rich, like unequivocally, like part of where Russell was last January, um, you know, I, I think it was sort of looking at it as like this is the start of the second half of my career, and he was looking at things like, am I going to be a Hall of Famer? How am I viewed? What's my legacy? How what sort of position am I going to be in to compete for championships? And that meant not just looking at what he was doing, which he did. You know, it was like, how am I training? How am I eating? How am I getting myself ready for the season? Who am I working with? All that stuff. So you looked at all that on an individual level. But it was also, is everything around me right to be in a position to compete for a championship, 
and to become maybe a league MVP, which he hasn't done, and to ultimately wind up in the Hall of Fame. And if he was asking those questions and still like trying to force his way out or at least rumbling about it last year, after, I mean, they were in the playoffs, and I believe they won 12 games in the division last year, what do you think he's going to be when they're 5-9? and nine? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think that this thing is sort of careening now towards, you know, the exit ramp. And, uh, like, it just feels to me like we're going to be at a point in January, maybe it'll be like Detroit and Stafford, you know, where, you know, they have a meeting at the end of the season and they come to a conclusion what's best for everybody um, is that we just go our separate ways now. And it would give the Seahawks a chance to trade him when he's still got two years left on his contract, which would probably allow them to get true value for him. So mm. my guess is that where we are right now is moving very quickly towards Russell Wilson, probably being the first of those quarterbacks to hit the trade market in January. And by the way, yeah. like being there first can actually really benefit you. Like I think Detroit benefited last year from getting ahead of all those other you know situations where mm-hmm. they were able to get Stafford out there early enough, there were a lot of bidders on him, and they got a good price for him. So what does it look like? What does something like that look like once once it is uh, known, at least uh, amongst the burned-up phone lines or burning-up phone lines that Russell Wilson can be, in fact, had, and let's start the bidding? Um, who, who, who makes those phone calls, do you think? So, like, we had four teams, Rich, that, like, were, I think, sort of involved at some level in Deshaun Watson. And I think those four teams are still there uh, as far as just what, if there are veteran quarterbacks – available um, that are that of that level, they'll be in. And so Miami, Philadelphia, Carolina, Denver, I think would all at least explore it. Um, and then I think we'd be looking at some other teams where they've got young quarterbacks and the decision to whether or not to pay them is coming. And so now for those teams, it's what do we do? Do we move forward with our young quarterback or with all these accomplished veterans available, do we decide to flip them out? sort of like what the Rams did last year, flipping out Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. And so, like, the Giants. You know, I think he'd have an interest in going to New York with the Giants be at the point where it's like, yeah, it makes sense for us to flip out Daniel Jones for Russell Wilson now. Cleveland. You know, Cleveland I think would be an interesting one because they're having to come to a decision point on Baker Mayfield. So um, those would be six teams that I think would be in it. You know, and then I think you have to consider teams like New Orleans who are, you know, I think in tricky positions from a cap standpoint, Pittsburgh's another one where you look at them and you say, okay, like, yeah, their situation's a little sideways, but creatively could they do something? Hmm. Because those could be places that Russell himself might want to go. Hmm. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd do that if I was Seattle, certainly because they don't have any draft choices um, yeah. in the first round this year. They can certainly replenish immediately. And then for the future, um, what would that mean with Pete Carroll? What do you think? Do you think Pete would even? To me, it's a fascinating question. Does he have the stomach for a rebuild? That's you know what, it what is. I mean. Like right. now, that said, like I think we would have asked the same question of Belichick a year ago, where their roster was aging. They were able to flip it pretty quick. Yep. And they have some sharp personnel people up there. I mean, you know, John Schneider, and they've been in a little bit of a slump from a draft standpoint of late. But those things turn. You know what I mean? That right. could be cyclical. So, um, so like I, I think that that's becomes the first question if you are going to move on from Russell Wilson is, does your 70-year-old head coach who's won a Super Bowl and been to two for you, does he want, does he have the stomach to go through what would be a, probably a pretty significant rebuild? And, I mean, like, that's the thing about their roster, Rich. Like, 
I'll ask you, how many guys that are young, they are, are like they, they, they're young. Would you look at it as like building blocks, like cornerstones? There, guys that are you could say like that guy could be around in five years. I mean, to me, I look at it. DK Metcalf and Jamal Adams, and maybe that's it, right? Like Bobby Wagner's older, um, Dwayne Brown's older. Like I just, I look at their roster, and it's like, I don't know, like how many guys are there now where you say, yeah, three or four years from now, this guy's going to be a cornerstone on the roster. So you know, I, I think that they just, they need capital, and they need, they need capital to turn it around. Mm. Like they need to have the capital to go get younger and i mean obviously the most the easiest way to create that capital would be to trade your franchise quarterback and i guess the question while we're talking about turnover albert breer here on the rich eisen show is how 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 deep will the turnover be for the giants and the bears in front office coaching like like those are some very interesting decisions that membership slash ownership is going to have to make in those spots what do you think about that what do you think about that sure the Giants, like, okay, so I think the, the Maras love Joe Judge. And, and I, I think John Mara really feels, despite the record, that he found something in Joe Judge. Um, despite, you know, what a lot of people think and everything else, like, I do think that, like, he's of a mind to keep Joe Judge for 2022. I do think that, like, whether it's by a retirement or reassignment or firing him, like, I think this probably is Dave Gettleman's final year. And then the question, I think, becomes whether or not you hire somebody who's got background with Joe. Um, and the name that I, I, I know has been sort of out there in personnel circles the last couple of years is Monty Austinfort, who has a good relationship with Joe, worked with him in New England, who's the director of player personnel in Tennessee now. And so, like, if they hire Monty Austinfort, that'd be a sign to me, like, okay, they're going forward for the next couple of years with Joe, and they're giving him somebody that he's going to be able to sort of build his own team with. Mm-hmm. Or... Do they just hire somebody else? In which case, if you hire somebody else, you know what happens, Rich. Yep. Now Joe's under evaluation in 2022, right? And that GM might have a head coach that he wants, where Joe's going to have to kind of convince him not to do that a year later. So I think that's sort of the spot the Giants are going to be in in January. As for the Bears, um, you know, I, I think Matt Nagy's gone. And, and I think, you know, Ryan Pace is sort of twisting in the wind to some degree. And I – you know, I've heard some people say that he could survive. I've heard other people say that they think he's gone. I think Sean Payton is actually an interesting sort of piece here. And, and follow me here. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the idea of trading for coaches. Well, Ryan Pace came up in the Saints organization, has a really good relationship with Sean Payton. Is it possible that Ryan could sell Bears ownership on, I can deliver Sean Payton, and I can give you Sean Payton to help develop Justin Fields? Maybe something like that saves Ryan Pace. But I, I, I think, you know, one way or the other, there's going to be a coaching change. And, and it's, it's quite possible that whether or not Ryan Pace survives maybe depends on what Ryan Pace can pitch ownership as the next phase of, uh, of where the Bears wow. are going. I mean, that's something else. Certainly since, they, you know, the, their first-round draft choice belongs to the Giants this year for the quarterback, that would be the one that I imagine would – he remotely enticed Sean Payton into thinking about it, you know, as opposed to staying put um, and, and finding I mean, well, the quarterback he's, there. He's from, I mean, he's from Chicago. Well, sure. No, I mean, know. of course, so, he's Eastern Illinois, all that business. I, I, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I think, I think what's interesting about it, you know, Rich, is like, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like, to, to me it's, you know, like, for some of these teams, if you want to look creative and you want to take a big swing on one of these guys who's a sitting head coach, whether – it's, you know, Mike Tomlin or Sean Payton or, or John Harbaugh, whoever it is, 
like I, I do think like one way to look at this creatively if you're one of those teams is has that coach's natural conclusion been reached where he's at, you know? And I think with Tom, when you look at it, you say, is the GM, is Kevin Colbert retiring? Mm-hmm. Is Ben Roethlisberger retiring? Right? Like with New Orleans, you say, okay, he's a year past freeze now. They've got cap issues. Even with like a John Harbaugh, it's like, well, they're going to pay Lamar Jackson and maybe the dynamic there changes. So is it worth it? And it's not saying those guys have any interest in leaving, but it's just like there's a natural reason why this might be the time for a separation. So it doesn't hurt to ask. They can say no. Right. Maybe John and maybe John and, and, and Mike and Sean don't want to go anywhere. And maybe it's a non-starter. And we've heard what Mike Tomlin said about it. Right. But, you know, I think if you're one of these teams, at least behooves you to ask the question, right? Like if you're the Raiders – and you need to remake who you are, like, who would be a better guy to put in front of all of that than Mike Tomlin? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, like, that doesn't mean Mike Tomlin wants to go to Vegas, but why not ask, right? Like, why not just knock on the door and say, if we threw you some picks, would you be interested in this? I mean, I just think it's, to me, it's like a creative way for these teams to start to look at these things where maybe going the conventional route, um, isn't the way to go because we've, you know, we've seen over the years how the pipeline's been dried, dried up, and obviously, you know, I don't know after what happened with Urban how many teams are going to be sniffing around the college ranks right now. Yeah, and that's my last question for you, Albert. I know I've, I appreciate your time. Uh, you and I have not spoken since Urban Meyer has now officially a fired head coach in the National Football yeah. League, and you obviously know the Ohio State world very well. And you also, you know, know Urban uh, through your association with the uh, with the school and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, are you even surprised that that this happened? Uh, are, are are you surprised that it happened or not at all? Where, where do you stand here on that? I'll fall on the sword here. I, you know, I, I I will say that I am a trap that I'm going to try to like convince. My, I, I got to try not to fall into this trap, but. You know, with a lot of these guys in the past, and I, I was this way with Chip Kelly, and I think Chip did an okay job in Philly. Like, I don't think Chip's as bad as people make him out to be. You know what I mean? Like, I think he like, won 10 games two years in a row there. But I, I do think, like, a lot of times with these guys, I look at it, and I'm like, all right, like, say so super successful. He's got to be smart enough to know that he's going to adjust, right? Like, he's got to be smart enough to know it can't go the exact same way. And it just seems like it happens time and again, Rich. And I, I honestly don't even really get it, like why, why they can't adjust. But, you know, I, I'd say, like, the, the part of the issue here was, I, like, you know, he went in and he did a lot of things like he did in college. He couldn't handle losing. And, um, you know, I had one of the coaches there say to me, it's like after they lost that preseason opener to the Browns, it was like, I mean, it was like the world was coming to an end. It's like, like you can't carry yourself that way in the league. You know what I mean? Like, and that was one of the questions we were all asking. How is he going to handle a league where, you know, you lose five games and that's a great year, you know? And so I think that that was, you know, like that was certainly part of it. You know, I think the fact that, you know, he couldn't get his staff the way he wanted it was part of it. And that's 100% on him. That's not on those guys that were on the staff, you know? And then, you know, I, I think the other part of it that's pretty easy, Rich, is if you're going to coach that way, if you're going to be that demanding, you better get results fast because if you don't get results fast and you keep grinding on guys, eventually they're going to be they're going to be saying like, "What the hell am I going through all this for?" And I remember having a conversation with Urban over the summer about, it, and I asked him how he's going to do it. He said, "I'm going to create value for them, right?" Like he said, "Like I'm going to create value. We're going to get them. We're going to put them in a position to win, and we're going to make put them in a position to get paid because we're going to give them the best. We're going to give them the best coaching staff. We're going to give them the best facility. We're going to give them the best everything." And unfortunately for Urban. 
he couldn't prove to the players fast enough that he could provide that value. And when it became clear to the players that value wasn't being provided for them, they were out on it. Well, I mean, there's a difference between demanding. I mean, I understand that's demanding, but it's actually the the proper word for it is demeaning is what he did. You know, demeaning, not demanding. I mean, demanding is making sure that you're getting the best, not not the fact that the fact that you're losing means you're clearly not getting the best. It's just a process. And how do you not know that when you're given the greatest golden goose situation from Trevor Lawrence to an owner with patience and money and and no and no local media that's going to be breathing down your neck with five different you know, radio stations and television stations and no state tax. It's literally one of the greatest opportunities any coach has been afforded in the NFL, and he blew it. I mean, that's just the yeah. only way to put it, you know. And so that that's the – that I, I am shocked that he still couldn't see that, okay, the forest from the trees. The, 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 uh, the trees are the losses, but the forest is the five-year contract, and I'll get this right, and let's go. So – Jimmy Johnson won one game in his first yep. year. I mean, come on. Like, where I, – I, I, I don't know. But then again, I don't know the guy. I just worked oh, with yeah. him that one time on a draft and, and then, you know, yeah. interviewed him a couple times. That's, that's about it. And saw him at a Super Bowl a couple times. So I, mean, I'll I don't give know. You, I'll give you this. I'll give you this, like, anecdote. Like, yep. you know, Ryan Dick was at one of their practices in the, um, in, the, in the spring or summer. And I know, you know, like a couple of the coaches had said – I kind of like mentioned to him, like you know, like hey, like this is like this is difficult, you know, because Urban's way was always never blame the players, always blame the coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And like so, Ryan's response to this, what well, response to that wasn't like any sort of surprise. It was like, nope, this guy's a, this guy is a mf'er to work with, <laughs> like you know, like and this is his offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? Like so, like there's a reality to it for coaches where. It's, I mean, it's more difficult for the coaches to work for the guys and the players, no doubt. And like you said, like there were some guys who've been in the league there for 20, 25 years, and are, I mean, sitting there having worked with the guy before, and are like, like, why is this guy talking to me like this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and when he and he wasn't providing those guys with a ton of value either, and that was part of the. I mean, again, like I think that's part of the issue is like, like you can if you're winning, if you're giving everybody value, you can carry yourself however you want. The minute you don't, all that stuff is going to be scrutinized, and obviously it blew up in Urban's face in a spectacular fashion. Albert, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Just always great, fun, deep, uh, engaging chats with you, but you already know that. Uh, Have a great uh, Christmas and holiday with your family. Let's do this uh, on the other side of the year. Let's do this again, Albert. Awesome. Thanks, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy Merry holidays, Christmas, right? Oh, by the way, uh, unfortunately, the lump of coal in your in your in your stocking is. Uh, I didn't get that new photograph of you in a high resolution form in time to use it during this conversation. So that's uh, all right. That's all right. I hope I hope that's high res enough for you. We'll see. Okay. You guys have high standards over there. No, you look good though. <laughs> you look good in both of these photographs, Albert. I'll be honest. I, maybe I have low standards. I don't know. Uh, Take care of yourself. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Have a good uh, one. The great Albert Breer, everybody. Let's take a break. We'll uh, we'll we'll dissect a little bit what what he had to say, because I have one interesting thought on on the whole Russell Wilson timing. That's coming up. Let's talk sleep number people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever evolving sleep needs, and the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores, or 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our terrestrial radio <laughs> outfits, where we were talking about the fact that the weather for Foxborough on Sunday is just your normal 40-degree low of 24, day, yeah. no right. precip, no crazy winds, unlike the previous Bills-Patriots game. And what would be like, has anybody ever swept a team by throwing it three times and then throwing it over 40 times? Like, what is the biggest disparity in terms of passing attempts by a team that sweeps the other? Obviously, Bills fans are like, we're not getting swept. And they got to have it. They got to have this one. They have to have this one. Big time, they have to have this one. Because if they win out, they win the division. If they lose this game, the division is essentially gone. I'm wondering, like, right now, I'm trying to figure this out. Um, We haven't gotten the playoff clinching scenarios yet from the NFL. Just in my my head, if the Patriots sweep this and they got two to go and they're up two on the Bills, this this would clinch it. This might clinch a berth, yeah. At the very least, a wild card. No, at the very least, a division. Oh, you think this would clinch a division? They're currently a game up on the Bills, yes? So they'd be, yeah, they're a game up on the Bills. They'd be two up on the Bills with two to play and the tiebreak. Over. Patriots win, they clinch the division. I would How say am I wrong you're on that front? probably right. How I, you could say I'm definitely right. The Patriots are also 7-2 uh, and two in conference. Oh, well, I is, mean, but it, the, the tiebreak is head-to-head and in division. They'd be two up on the Bills with two to play. Yeah, now, I guess, I, guess, I guess the reason why it wouldn't be is because the Dolphins could catch them because – don't forget, way back in week one, thanks to that crazy-ass Damian Harris fumble, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. So if the Dolphins stay two back and New England loses their week 17 game, who does New England play week 17? Well, that, if the Pats beat the Bills, the Pats would have to lose the last two games and the Dolphins win out. 
Right, and the Dolphins have that Saints game on Monday night. The Dolphins would win and then, the division. And then, and then the Patriots would face um, Jacksonville. See ya. Okay. Yeah. Win this game. They don't officially clinch the division, but they essentially clinch the division. Because right, right, right. one thing New England's not doing, even if they lose to the Bills and lose two in a row, is, is lose a third straight game <laughs> by losing to the Jaguars at home. That ain't happening. I would think not. Yeah. Not on this planet. <laughs> never say never, but, but n- yeah, never. Right, never. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, you know, you could say never say never, but never is that there's no way. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask and be told no, but, you know. Like a, for a raise right now. Well, I mean, Albert Breer is saying oh. the Raiders reaching out to the Steelers and saying, what about Mike Tomlin? <laughs> never say never, but Never. I was actually thinking about about Seattle. Like, would a team trade for Pete Carroll, or is he? Would he just be done? Uh, that guy's a Hall of Famer in my mind. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he's been there, done that. He has, you know, a terrific defensive coordinator mm-hmm. before he became a head coach for the Jets and the Patriots, and then comes here to L.A. Does what he does for USC, and I know that you don't get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame that way, but it's got to be Seattle. He he was on the verge of being a back-to-back Super Bowl champion head coach, and that would put him in. That would have put him in. Don in Oregon, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take your call. What's up, Don? Well, speaking of uh, Pete Carroll, I mean he's 70 years old. I'd rather get rid of him. We just can't let Russell Wilson go. Wouldn't Pete Carroll be a fit possibly in Vegas or in Jacksonville to help uh, Trevor Lawrence? And wouldn't Eric Bieniemy be a, a fit in Seattle to keep Russell Wilson here? We cannot trade that guy. I don't know, Don, he if did. the reason why Russ wants to go is because Pete Carroll's presence. I don't, I don't know if Pete Carroll's presence would, you know, immediately blow out, um, you know – the, the idea that I, we don't know this for sure is what I'm saying. Uh, the reason why I think Russell goes and has to is they don't have a first-round selection. So even if Russ does get a coach that he wants, even if we do assume what you're saying, Don, is the case, that, that Pete Carroll being there is what grates uh, Russell's gears so much that if Carroll's removed from the equation, then Russ stays put and is more than happy to – finish his career in Seattle, um, he does have to look around and say, you know, um, where where does the improvement around me come from when the Giants are choosing first overall here? You know, and I understand that they have more draft choices after that first one, but that's the biggie. That's the biggie, and that's the one that Seattle's earning right now. Actually, the Jets have their draft choice because of the Jamal Adams trade. You see what I'm saying? Okay, then who, who's available to come and play quarterback if, oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. If we trade him, right? I mean, who's ready to come here and either be with Pete Carroll or possibly an Eric Bieniemy who is more than ready? I don't know. To be a- I don't know, Don. Let's just put it this way, and then uh, I'll send you on your day here. How about this? Uh, when, when, uh, when the last time Seattle had a losing record, they go into the offseason – they signed Matt Flynn to a free agent contract thinking that that could be the guy who helps turn it around. 
and they drafted the kid out of Wisconsin by way of NC State, and he's now that person you're lamenting the idea of maybe losing. There could be another one. I know that that's entirely possible. You never know. And thank you for the call. I'll just leave you on your with that sort of nugget. That sort of nugget. How about Taylor Huntley in Seattle? Dude, <laughs> Tyler Huntley can play football. The guy who the Seahawks need is somebody who can run it down everyone's throat 20 to 25 times a game. We had Al Michaels on earlier today. Amon Green in that Green Bay Packers game 18 years ago tonight when Favre lit up the Raiders and his father had just passed away. Amon Green ran for 127 yards on 24 carries. Okay. Right? Like, who do, who do, who does Seattle have to do that? I understand Rashad Penny was everybody's hopes and fantasy last night, and then DJ Dallas coming in. Come on now. Come on now. Because Rashad Penny, the reason why, you know, he seems very, he uh, play, very, yeah. very good, but he doesn't stay healthy. Right. You need somebody. None of those gonna, guys do that. None of them do. Carson doesn't. None of them. Alex Collins came in. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. What did they have in their heyday? Well, they had beast mode, yeah. Somebody, Sean Alexander, who, at, Sean yes, Alexander, yeah. but that was before Pete, obviously. Yeah, but before Pete, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know Marshawn ain't is no dime a dozen, as he was getting his all chicken <laughs> and whatnot, mental. But I, I don't know that that is a, a decision they're going to have to make, and when we. You know, when we come back, um, I, I will hit the timing of it because the timing is, is fascinating to me of what Albert Breer just said as to when and how quickly Seattle's going to have to make this decision. I think they'd be wise to do it fast if they make it. Next three weeks is going to be wild in the Pacific Northwest. I'll tell you that, folks. We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial if you want to make a phone call as well. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Rich Eisen Show. When was the last time you really considered your dream? You thought about your dream and you really considered your dream. It's probably been a while. You've probably put it in the back burner. You've probably not thought about it, maybe. Well, Mercedes-Benz wants you to rethink about your dream especially when it comes to living the van life and a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could live the van life. You could go and have a great holiday weekend in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could go visit a mountainside. You could go visit and go fishing. You could go um, anywhere you want to live your dream. Or if your dream is to start a new business, oh my gosh, A totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter is the perfect van for you because you can expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist, blind spot assist, amazing performance and reliability is what you can expect. An an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter and tell them your dream sent you. And I'm not referring to myself as the dream. (laughs) Just tell them I sent you. Rich, the dream eyes. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate that. <laughs> so well, there's one thing Albert Breer said, which I found interesting, is the timing. If the, if the Seahawks sit there and make a decision on Russell Wilson, I just have a sense of things. And I'm, I'm on, I, this is not based on any insider information. How does that sound? It's just getting a sense and getting a feel and just watching it. You just get the sense that Russ knows it's over. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. And you just get the sense that you, he knows it's over there. And there has to be stuff going on behind the scenes that everybody's kept in-house. There has like to be. again? Because there's I, been multiple stories over this, the years. But we haven't heard anything. There's been nothing except, you know, hey, um, yeah, there were a whole bunch of, uh, what, he, he changed his no-trade clause teams that he can, yep. right? But there's nothing to do with that. There's nothing there. I just, I just don't know, other than that spidey sense that I've got. And if that is the case, then it would behoove the Seahawks to act quickly. Go fast. As Albert said, it helped the Lions and the Rams to go quickly on Matthew Stafford. It sets the market. You don't have the market set anything for you, right? I would do it real fast as well because... You never know how much of a glut there could be on this quarterback market. And I know Russell is very good. And you are getting an A++ person and quarterback. What if Rodgers comes out there? What if Deshaun Watson settles his cases? What if all of that happens? I would say those are likely. Okay, right? and, then, and, then, and then, then what? Right? Then what? You got to go and you got to do it. And then you got to set, set things up for yourself for the rest of the new league year. I think you got to go fast. I mean, if you're, if, the, you're G- if you're the Giants, you have two picks in the top six. Trade those for Russell Wilson? Both of them? 
Both of them? Yeah, why not? For Russell Wilson? For maybe eight more years of that guy? With, with two years of with contractual the health, control. With a healthy Saquon Barkley and a healthy Kenny Galladay. And when have they been healthy, though? True. That's a lot Great to give question. Up. That's a lot to give up. I don't know if you give up both. You give up one this year and you hold another one in your back pocket. I'd rather give up. I'd rather give up one this year and one the next. Okay. If it's two, I don't want to give up both. So the Bears pick and yours next year or something? The Bears pick because that's going to be the one that's higher. <laughs> yeah. Better. And then uh, three in 2023 or, you know, a player or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure that's what he would want, right, to be in New York? Yeah. I would think so. I would think so. And I, I think you could do it. You set the market, you go, and you just cut it out. And then you figure out what to do with the – I mean, Pete Carroll has not forgotten how to coach football. No, it just, you know, it just I mean, went south this year. It happens. It happens. You know, and as Don, our caller, pointed out, he's 70. He seems to be bouncing around more than Russ, doesn't it, to you? Well, he is the world's oldest teenager. teenager according yeah. to Jim Brockmar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you got to go, like I say, you got to go fast. Don't, don't let it linger. Don't let but then, it go, like you said, like the Deshaun Sean Watson is going to be out there. Like, right. Like, why would you gonna play next year. go fast before any of that happens? Go fast while Aaron Rodgers is still in the playoffs. Go. Do it. Before anything else happens. Before there's another situation that crops up. Right? It's not like he's going to go to Green Bay if Rodgers leaves. No. It's not like that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely not. So go. Go fast and let it be known within the uh the world that that this is hap- that you know within I guess that would get out right away. Although it didn't get out with Stafford, did it? Not really. All of a sudden it was out and then he was gone. Gone. Yeah. Boom. Again, like I said, I just get the sense that this is the way they should. I mean, you, you rebuild fast and you go. Now the question is, who's your quarterback in Seattle? What do you do there? Sean, Sean Watson? I mean, would that keep uh, Pete Carroll around? But then you'd have to take all the draft capital that you just got and send it to Houston. That's fine. No, right. you need the draft capital to build your team back. But you also need to keep DK Metcalf happy and in a uniform. Because he doesn't look happy either. Tyler Lockett's going to be there. I know Albert's like, what, what, give me a name of a guy that's going to be there five years from now. That's Lockett young. just signed a big I know. Yeah, so. he, he'd have mentioned Lockett. I think he would yeah, you know, yeah. give him a second chance. Yeah. He mentioned Cleveland as a spot for, for Russ. Now that's interesting. I mean, then you, just get, you just dump Baker now? Don't forget there's a fifth year that's coming. You know, or that fourth year... What are you gonna pick up his fifth year option at all? You just say that's it? We're done? Seattle could take I mean they could just do a swap and Baker throw and some Seattle picks in there. Baker in Seattle where he goes and he has his Drew Brees type run. Yeah, there you go. That's not bad. Would Seahawks fans be on that? Bad. What do you think? Baker uh, Baker with Pete? What do you think of that one? <laughs> I mean it, it doesn't matter as long as they win. They'll be. A, it matters. Be you got to yeah. make these decisions. These are important decisions here. 
you know, I don't think Pete is done coaching by any stretch. Remember I brought up his age to him and he was, I don't think he was very happy about that at all. No, I don't think <laughs> you know, so. You know, when but I talked about that, it's like, what are you it talking about? He, did he say, what are you talking about? You're trying to get me, you're trying to get me out? He's not done. But if Russ wants out and DK wants out, it may not be up to Pete. Like John Schneider might, well, might just you, DK be like, just, uh, you keep assuming DK wants out. His body language looks pretty bad. Well, because he doesn't get the freaking football. Yeah, well, go to somewhere else where he might. Well, he did last year. Something it was one could, of the greatest seasons well, like, I think you're year. right. You, you're, you're on to something with, like, there might be stuff brewing behind the scenes that hasn't come out yet. Something's going on up there, right? It doesn't look right. And it's not just losing. Like, there's something going on. Five and nine. They're five and nine. When was the last time they're five and nine? It's been a while. They finished seven and nine the year that they were a losing record. They'll be lucky to have seven wins. That was the Beastquake year, right? Seven and nine? No, it was the year before that. You know? So it's been a while. They went seven and nine in the year post, you know, Hasselbeck. And I think that's what that was. I looked it up. So, oh boy. What a loss that was for them last night. They got hosed by that pass interference call that was pass interference that they didn't call. They got totally hosed on that. Yeah, 2011, they were 7-9. and nine. Uh, I want to thank uh, today's guests, Al Michaels and Marshall Falk. Talk about Hall of Famers and Albert Breer as well. Good to chat with him. Uh, tomorrow's show, Tommy Curran's going to talk Tommy. about this, about that uh, Bills-Patriots game coming up. And I Love wonder, what was Tom in the room when Bill apologized to the members of the media? I think he must have been. <laughs> Was he apologizing specifically to Tom, do you think? Why not? I think it was to the the, the right. group, you know. For Brett Michaels will be here in studio. Hey. Out, hey. out today, Brett tomorrow. Hey. Michaels week. It's, a, it's Michaels week. Who else can we get? I don't know. Jillian? Is that another <laughs> one? You can get a workout in? Sean. Sean. Sean Michaels. Okay, very good. Um, and uh, Greg Olson's going to join us first up tomorrow. Oh, I'm announcing that to the entire crew, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, that's that's breaking news. He's in Nashville yeah. for tomorrow night's huge week. It's right, it's week 16 starts tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Shout about it. Tomorrow. Give us something to believe in.